Welcome to Conversations and Connections with HBA Canada, the podcast that gives you access to industry leaders and offers valuable insights for career growth. We will be bringing you monthly episodes that include interviews with influential leaders and HBA members from healthcare and the life sciences, where they will offer career insights and key lessons they've learned. We will also be bringing you discussions highlighting essential career topics like networking, mentorship, finance, and more. Our podcast gives HPA members a chance to learn and grow together in their careers and their personal lives. Be part of the conversation as we aim to achieve our goal of getting more women into leadership roles. So don't delay and join us. Welcome to the HBA Conversations and Connections podcast. I am your host, Christina Bellier. In today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Stephanie Katsopoulos, partner at Basis Wealth and a financially security advisor and employee benefits expert. She's passionate about helping her clients achieve their financial goals. With years of experience, Stephanie has a wealth of knowledge on navigating the complex world of finance and making strategic recommendations that align with her clients' objectives. In addition to her professional pursuits, Stephanie is also a dedicated member of her community, giving back through her involvement in organizations such as 100 Women Who Care Markham and the Canadian Association of Executives and Entrepreneurs. Join us today as we delve into Stephanie's expertise and learn more about how she's making a difference in the lives of others. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So now we're going to start the show. I love always starting off with the why. So can you tell us a little bit more about your background, you know, why you decided to become a financial security advisor and what all of that means? Absolutely. So I'm a huge people person and (laughs) I love working with people and I also love making plans. So being a financial advisor really combines the two of those because you get to partner with your clients for life, get to know all their details, you get to really Make sure that you have that connection so that you can make plans that are reflective of what their short and long-term goals are and what is important to them. So it's really kind of, you know, combine those two areas that are a huge part of what I like to do. And also feeling like you're able to give back and help see your clients achieve success, which is also extremely rewarding. Oh, no doubt. And then so kind of what drew you to the sort of the financial aspect of things. I mean, we talked before and I was like, oh my gosh, math. So kind of talk to us through where that was sort of like a passion for you as well of like, I'm going to sort of dive into finance and stay there and thank God because we need you. (laughs) Well, you know what, for me, it was, I mean, the financial part was more the organization. So, okay, this is a big picture. How do we help, you know, individuals with that? I really believe financial planning though is 90% emotion and 10% the actual numbers because we all have a history with money. We all look at money in different ways. And sometimes it can be a challenge to look at it as simply a tool to help us achieve the next steps in our life. So for me, I'm really passionate about making uh, financial planning approachable and something where clients actually understand why we're doing what we're doing and making sure that it reflects what they want to achieve and also help them to achieve those goals. So I'm really passionate about that. Oh, I love the why. And it is important. We had had Eric on the podcast previous for that emotional aspect, but then there's still sort of okay, I want to have this much money when I retire at 65. So that's 25 years away. And then how do you get there? And what do you do? That is not to be underestimated. Like 
feeling in control was so important. And I mean, I'm just sort of scratching the surface with financial planning, but I was like, okay, this is, this is why you guys are there to help. No, exactly. And I think it's similar to we, if we're going to go on a vacation. You have, okay, where are you going? How much mm-hmm. am I going to spend? Where am I going to stay? What am I going to bring? There's like a whole list of things so that you can make your vacation or trip be successful. And it's the same thing with financial planning. So if we're having this conversation 10 years from now, what do you want your life to look like? And taking the time mm-hmm. so that to your point in retirement, you have the amount of money that you'll need to have a retirement or whatever you want it to look like. And speaking of financial success, talk to us about how you work with your clients to identify their financial goals. And then what does creating a plan look like to achieve them? Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, we have a process, which I kind of liken to when you go to a doctor and you have to input this all data about your health. And we have to input all the data and get a snapshot of their financial picture. It's also getting to know the client initially to see if there's a good vibe and if we kind of have the same type of philosophy of the way that we do things. And then typically looking at short and long-term goals, looking at things that are really important to them right now and into the future. And also what are they currently doing right now? What's working? What's not working? Maybe where are the areas that they're stuck and they'd like to change? They'd like to kind of change that habit. They'd like to create something different or just want to learn more about investing or different aspects. It's also an education piece too, to say, Hey, this is the way we create plans. We look at the things that we can control you know, in terms of the income that comes in, uh, how you save for retirement and other goals. And then also the things we can't control, which most people don't want to talk about and don't want to look at, but it's really important. If you weren't able to work, how's your income going to be replaced? How are you going to pay your bills, right? If you were to become sick or you were to pass away, unfortunately, which again, none of us want to talk about, but if you can make those decisions now, you get a choice on what that would look like for those who you love. So that's another piece of it is that's also really important to talk about, you know, so we look at the things that we can control, the things that we can't control, and then we create a plan that reflects that and also works for right now, but continue can grow with the client depending on where they're at in their life. Yeah. And then just out of curiosity too, did you find that the pandemic really sort of was eye-opening for people? Like, did you see that maybe this, was there an influx of people saying, I don't ever want to be caught in that sort of you know scenario again, where I'm out of work or I don't know what to do. Has there been any shift with that or is it about the same? There was a shift in that many people had more questions and many sort of the plans that they had set up or they wanted to come back and get more details again. Remind me again, how this is set up and remind me, you know, just because I guess everyone was seeing more different things happening with the pandemic. Everyone was home all the time, depending on work situations. Also, you know, in terms of the benefit side, some companies had to decrease their benefits depending on the amount of employees they had or if they were letting them go. More questions surrounding that. So if I was to get sick and get COVID, what coverages do I have and would it be enough? So there were a lot of questions about that. On the flip side, that was interesting though, was that many people were saving a lot more. So because we were wearing the same leggings every single day, we weren't going out for dinner. Their kids weren't in programs. I mean, everything was kind of paused for the most part. And those of us who were still able to work and there was a lot more discretionary savings. So that was interesting to see that many were saving more. Whereas now with the cost of living, there's just been such an increase with going back into the office for many that's made a big shift as well. So it's been interesting to see that big shift from the pandemic. And speaking of all of that, I mean, with the current state of the economy, 
What do you see as the biggest financial challenge, you know, that is going to be faced by individuals, by businesses, and give us some insights and maybe even some tips on how we should be looking to navigate this? Please, I've got my pen and paper ready. (laughs) That's a great question. I think kind of what I touched upon earlier too, where, you know, during the pandemic, we had so much extra cash flow in many areas. And then it was this crazy steep increase where then we're all now going back into the offices where programs are starting up activities, groceries, inflation, everything is just hitting this peak. So now discretionary spending, I mean, compared to being able to start discretionary saving, I mean, it's it's gone down significantly. Many people, if they're on a variable mortgage right now, it's almost, it's doubled. So it's scary for many people right now. So I think the first piece of advice I would say is, you know, be kind to yourself. There are things you can control and there are things you can't control. Thankfully, this isn't going to last forever. Do we have a crystal ball and know when groceries are not going to cost a mortgage payment? No, we don't. But for right now, I think the smart thing to do is to just have an idea. Okay, start to track what those expenses are. And I know it's not a fun thing to do, but at least if you can track it, you know what you're actually spending. And if there are ways that you can cut back in certain areas, then that would be great as well. But just hold on right now, depending on where you're at financially. And as I said, the variables that are affecting you and just know that it's not forever. But I think it's also having that awareness that things have changed. You know, I had a client was talking about, oh, like ballpark, how much should you be saving in terms of income? It used to be three to six months, right? Living expenses that might not be realistic right now, depending on rent, mortgage payments, groceries. And that's a great thing to aspire to. But at the same time, for right now, you have to also be realistic, right? So I think that's my biggest takeaway for everyone is just hold tight, still try to have an idea though. Don't just let the spending go and not have an idea, but also be aware that hopefully it won't be forever and just try to stay on top of it and make good choices as much as you can. Absolutely. And I was even saying that to my husband, we go through all the bills every month. And I said, you know what, I think we're going to have to take like next month and redo a budget. Because I said, like, now everything just costs more and groceries are costing more. So then it was like, how do we sort of move things around? So we're still doing some savings and things like that, especially the next question I'm going to ask you is for retirement. So we don't want to neglect that, but also want to make everything fit within that budget. So I feel like that's going to be a daunting exercise. <laughs> My suggestion to that is always to plan something fun for yourself and your husband afterwards. Yep. Okay. Do something fun. If it's something where sometimes I have clients who are couples and it's very tense to review finances or budgeting or just maybe not positive, recommend that you book a date night or something fun that you both would enjoy. That's like a reward for doing the adulting responsible things. Oh, that is fantastic. We're getting back into golf. Love Not it. a great time because it's expensive, but I'm like, we'll hit the bucket of balls. We're like, we'll do this and then we'll go yeah. to the driving range. Exactly. <laughs> no, and that's but that's so important. And I think it also can make you be way more productive too when you have that brain space knowing, okay, there's a positive thing coming. Let's do this the best that we can. The other thing too, I was going to say is there's so many points programs now and just doing that research to see, I won't name them, but just doing the research to say, hey, if I use this, I can get this free groceries or, and again, always use credit cards with responsibility. So (laughs) know thyself, but at the same time, I mean, it can be a really great tool as well, especially right now. Yeah. I was really surprised and being really open with, with our listeners. I had had an aero plan and I had had a cash back and I, 
I'm shocked. I valued sort of one over the other thinking, oh, I'm going to take these trips. I have seen more like ROI and dividends from that. And, you know, we're really good. Like we, we put everything on the card, pay it off. But yeah. And it was all because I had a friend that was over and said, why don't you try this a cashback card? And I thought, oh no, why would I do that? I'm saving points. So like, just trust me. And I was like, how did no one tell me about this? I know, but it's also like being able to, you're focusing on one card, which is excellent. Yeah. Like I, there's mm-hmm. some people be like, oh, I do this and I do this and I do this. Okay. But it's not your mm-hmm. job. And then sometimes what can happen is it's too confusing. So I love that you have like, this is what I'm <laughs> focusing on. This works. And I'm going to keep doing that. Honestly, we'd had a couple at HBA people on last season talking about finances. And I really think listeners, this is why we do this because self-awareness, that control, that confidence, especially Mm -hmm. in finances, this is why we have experts like Stephanie. We can go to her, see if there's a fit, go to the website. I'll have all of the website and how to contact Stephanie in the show notes. But I mean, it's getting that information and the tools so that we can be more successful and feel more in control. So I feel like that is something my finances three years ago used to feel like I was so stressed and now it's like, you know, not perfect, but the control is there and it's giving me more confidence. Like I'm not hundred percent there, but I I'm on the road. And you know what? Life always changes, right? So your plan is going to change, but that's the beauty of it. If you have one, it can change and it can keep tweaking it to what you need. So that's awesome. Speaking of futures and plans, let's talk about the favorite of the RSP, the retirement. So what advice would you give someone who's just starting to save for retirement? And then also kind of to someone maybe in their 40s of, okay, do I think I've saved enough? If I haven't, what do I do? So let's do sort of maybe those two different scenarios. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So first thing, obviously, saving is getting into a habit. So any type of savings should try to think of it like getting into a habit, like how you brush your teeth every day, we hope, you know, that sort of thing. So anything that you can do pre-authorized or something that comes out of your bank account automatically, I always recommend, you know, there's that pay yourself first concept. There's so many different ways you can look at it, but have something where automatically a certain amount comes out each month. Make sure it's not an amount that's going to make you feel choked. Start off slow. And then move, go from there. So in terms of saving for retirement, I would look at the bigger picture for someone who's just starting out. I would say, hey, what are your goals? Do you have, you know, debt that you're trying to pay off? What amount do you have to actually save? What income are you at? Because depending on the income level, it might make more sense to save into a tax-free savings account which you can also do for retirement as well. It doesn't have to be an RSP. Um, sometimes we'll look at saving more of that RSP room for down the road as your income is higher and then you need to pay more tax. So you'll need to put more into the RSP or depending on where they're at, maybe we will do a calculation and say, hey, if you put this much in your RSP this year, it's going to get you a larger refund that you can even save more with. So it's really yeah. case by case, but I would say start small and you know, work with a professional you know, whatever you put into an RSP, you're not going to be able to pull it back out unless you want to use it for your first time homebuyer, lifelong learning plan or into retirement. I mean, you can, but you'll be taxed on it. So it's something that you want to think about in terms of how much you're going to be putting into it. Uh, Where the tax-free savings account, there's a bit more flexibility with that. So in that case, I would say start small and then work with a professional to kind of make the best choice with that. And then on the flip side, Again, it's, you know, work with a professional just to be able to run those numbers to say, hey, if I were to retire at X years, 
this is what I'm doing right now. What would that number be? So, I mean, many of us don't have a defined pension, like hardly anyone has those anymore. So you don't have that guarantee of when I retire, I'm going to have this amount of income from my employer. So it's really on all of us to save, to look at your retirement income as a pie, right? So what's going to come from CPP, OAS, and then what other your savings are. The other piece too is, and I think of retirement, I think of it synonymous with the word choice. So retirement is not what it used to be, where age 65, you retire, you live to 70, you're done. In many cases, right? Yeah, In many no, cases. it's true. Yeah. And so I don't mean to be, I, I didn't mean to be insensitive with that, but for people are living so much longer, you could potentially yeah. be living longer in retirement than your working years. And that's, if you don't have a lot saved, that's a problem. But in the flip side, you know, many people are working a bit more into retirement because maybe you don't want to completely stop working. Maybe you want to consult. So what we do for some clients is say, hey, if you retire at this age, okay, this is the amount you'll have. How much would you still need from consulting or other things so that you're still active in your community? You're still involved and you still have those connections that make you feel alive and valued. So what would that income need to be? And how can we fill that gap? And so it's a positive thing as opposed to yeah. a negative thing. And so, you know, you're not retiring to a rocking chair unless you want to, then all the more power to you. <laughs> but what are you hoping to achieve and how can you best use that pie of money and make it work best for you? Uh, and it, I mean, that's that's music to my ears. It makes sense why there's so many people who retire and consult, but it does though, because I don't know, I think I would be bored. I know that's the type of person I am. I like to be busy. It's like I joke. I'm always putting around the house. I'm always just doing something. So I love that, that idea. Yeah. And like the pie. And I think, like I said, I can't see that, but that's where it's like working with financial advisors. And I joke, I'm like, my father-in-law had the best financial advisor because they have a lovely retirement. I like the idea of what do you want to do in retirement? Think about what you want to do. What does that look like? And then work with your financial advisor to figure that out, right? Yeah, yeah that's, exactly. That's just fantastic. And because you are an expert in employee benefits, I kind of wanted for all of the people who work in that at HBA and our listeners who do that at their organizations, can you sort of just talk to us about the benefits of the employee benefit package and then a little bit how they're impacting satisfaction, retention, and what that looks like? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think benefit packages are such a huge piece of attracting and retaining that talent for employers right now. And so I think, especially for those that have a benefits package, it's important to take time to go and review it. So I feel like insurance is kind of like an umbrella. Sometimes we just think of it like we like to have it and we only need it if it rains. So, but it's still, it's a good idea to, you know, go back and check and say, okay, what am I actually covered for in terms of that benefits package? Usually the health and dental part is pretty standard and everyone uses it and knows it, but is there a long-term disability on your plan? Typically the LTD and it would come off your paycheck, like you'd see it in your pay stub. That's really important. That means that if you're not able to work for whatever reason, you'd have a percentage of your income covered. Would that be enough? it's good to have an idea of whether or not that would be enough. And if you oh, need to wow. supplement that with any other plans. Um, looking at, there's usually like a life insurance component. Some plans have critical illness coverage. So just having an idea of what you know those coverages are. If you are a partner also has benefits, you can do something called coordination of benefits, meaning you can use both plans potentially if that makes the most sense financially, or if you have dependents, then you can help with, that can help cover things, especially dental costs and, and braces, mm -hmm. all different kinds of aspects of the plan. 
Some of the other plans will have an RSP matching component. So making sure that if that is available to that is money on the table, like you make sure you are matching that as much as you mm -hmm. can uh, and that you're understanding what your options are with that, because that's huge. And then also there's always other added benefits, usually like an EAP. So if you have questions and you need to speak to a professional, many plans will have something where you can call in completely confidential and they can refer you or your family to a, either a medical professional or a lawyer. Like there's a wide range, but just yeah. having an idea of what's covered under that so that there's things you hopefully wouldn't have to pay out of pocket, but also knowing, you know, if something were to happen to you, what, what options you have that your employers put in place. Oh, wow. And then have you seen any organizations sort of grabbing hold of something new, maybe that they weren't doing? You know, I know that it's sort of um, the job markets also shifted. So yeah. do you see any sort of shift in what companies are trying to do with the benefits package to make it more attractive or is it the same? No, a huge shift, much more support for mental wellness and mental health. So a lot more coverage with that, a lot more fertility coverage. Um, many firms are covering their employees if they want to have their eggs frozen. Oh, yeah. There's been a big shift in, in, you know, especially the larger companies looking to provide that extra to attract and keep those high level employees. So definitely the mental health. And I mean, there's, you still see the healthcare spending options and that, but the big ones I really have seen around fertility and the mental health component for sure. Oh, that's amazing. And it is like, you sort of forget. I was at one place for eight years. They had the the matching and things like that. And mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to do a career shift, completely shift my career. But, you know, it was in a company that's rather new. So they don't, they didn't have sort of the same programs. And then I, all of a sudden I, I sort of looked and I'm like, all right, so now that's actually, I'm going to have to take more out of the paycheck to make sure that I'm balancing what I used to get of the contribution yeah. from my company. So I thought that that was really interesting. I hadn't really considered that. So make yeah. sure you look at, like you said, the whole package and understand it. Because I think sometimes there's a level of like, we know we have that package, but to be honest, I wouldn't know if I had life insurance. So now I, I wrote, <laughs> wrote on the note, guys, we should understand this and we can have these conversations with each other to remind each other. Yeah, no, for sure. But no, that's great. And so this, like I said, this has been such a massive shift in the last year. And I kind of wanted to, looking at the time, get to the, the next couple questions, because I think it's. Like I said, like for me, obviously there's things that in this conversation, I've been like, oh, I should do that or look at that. So what are some of the common misconceptions? We'll start with that about financial planning and talk to me about that education of, you know, you spoke about educating your clients. What does that look like? I'm laughing. I'm laughing because there's so much misinformation in the media right now around fees. Oh, and it makes me very frustrated because especially I would say you and I, I think around the same age, but in more generation below us, and there's so much misinformation left. And the messaging is really, if you're smart, you'll do it yourself. And if you do it yourself, you will be able to achieve your goals because you shouldn't work with your parents' advisor or anyone else because they're going to, they're just taking all the fees. And I just think it's horrible because that's just such wrong messaging. You know, if I have any legal document, I go to a lawyer. Why? Because they have years of experience and I don't know what I'm doing with that. I'm trusting them. In the same way with financial planning or investing, you know, 
you need a professional. Now, fees, 100% should be disclosed. You should understand that should be something that is transparent and that is in the first conversation, you know, when you're working with an advisor. You should ask those questions, but you should also respect the advice mm -hmm. and know that the fees are there because you're not just paying for right now, you're paying for all those years of experience that that person has put in. And so I think it's also, you know, it, it makes me so sad because there's this misinformation. Oh, if you just do it all yourself, invest it yourself, and you'll save that percentage point, and then you can buy a house, which especially right now in the GTA, I mean, housing prices are so high. I'm sorry, that one percentage point is, it's not going to buy you that million dollar house. I'm sorry, it's not. No. But further to that, if you work with a professional, they'll help you maximize your money so that there is so much more opportunity. And I've worked with so many clients to help them get to that point of purchasing their first property. And it's so exciting and rewarding, but it takes time and you need to do the right thing. So that's, yeah. I just find that there's so many ads or on social media. And it's just, that's the question that I get a lot of times too. If someone has been referred is, Hey, we want to talk about this. Absolutely. But let's kind of break it down a bit more so that you understand, you know, you get what you pay for. And yeah. so, you know, in 2020, when the pandemic hit, all I did was call clients all day, every day. You need a person that you can talk to. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. I know I get that. And that's where I always say, again, I studied business in school. Do I feel like I know anything about financial investment or no? I'm saddened almost by that because like, I don't make the TikToks, but I, I watch the TikToks and they're fun. And especially I follow a bunch of these financial people always giving tips, but then yeah. it's, it's still like, that doesn't make me feel confident. I want to go to someone who knows what they're doing. I mean, again, too, it's like you said, time-wise, imagine the amount of time that you've put into it, the studying, the courses, a regular person to me, I, I don't have that time to put into it. So I want to just put my trust in someone like you, an expert. Yeah, that is a little disappointing that 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 false information is out there because if if we're all really good at finances, pretty sure yeah. the economy. And I think it goes back to that whole principle of, you know, it takes time to do anything well. And it's the same thing with finances. It's not going to happen tomorrow. Yes. You know, you know, the whole it, it's you have to do those disciplines and they will mm -hmm. pay off, but it's never going to be uh, you know, a quick a quick fix. It has to be do the work, right? And then it's truly able to get to those goals. So there's so much there, but I just feel so much because I, that's just the messaging and it, it's wrong messaging, right? You need to understand yeah. it 100%. You should understand it, but you do need to work with a professional who can explain it and make choices that are going to you know, best reflect you and in your best interest. Oh, absolutely. And I just sort of did like not a fun investing, but I was like, I want to try like a high risk, like let's do this, this amount. And he's like, just know this is yeah. a 25 year thing. And then it was nice because that way for me, I know that if I go onto my banking and I see it go down, he's already yeah. talked to me, it'll probably go down. Yeah. Goes up. And then you, you have that versus like you said, if you just did that and then you saw it go down, I think it'd be like panicking, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think last year was a great example to test everyone's risk tolerance. Everybody is high risk. Oh yeah, I can deal with it. Then last year happened and yeah. it was like, this is not fun. This is not fun, but that's part of it, right? Like I think of investing, like, you know, baking a pie, you put all this work into it. You put it in the oven, you close the door, you open and close and open and close. You just ruined your pie, but you know, it, it does. It's, 
Yeah. Such a good metaphor. So <laughs> like, yeah. I love it. You go. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's important, right? Yeah. I'm going to put that in the guys pie metaphor. And, but seriously, again, that is why I think that especially in this where, you know, you want to be able to focus on your career and focus on your kids and all of those other things in life to have those people, like you said, you know, like yourself and those experts and, you know, even speaking to someone like Erica before, that's in, yeah. what's important. And it just makes us feel more in control and confident. And that's what that's what we're trying to do, right? Especially with HBA and, you know, support women, get them into these leadership positions. And part of, of that is freeing up time that you, you know, might not have had. So For sure. I love doing like sure. that. So now that we've sort of talked about the negative or the misconceptions, yeah. can you share some success stories about clients you've worked with and how their financial plan helped them achieve their goals? Absolutely. This is one of my favorite parts of the jobs. I work with a lot of female professionals. And so let's take lawyers, for example, many of them come out with law school debt and then they're at a higher income earning, which I'm sure many of your professionals in your organization as well, you're coming out and you're at a very high income level, but you're also taxed really high. So how do we create a plan and think of it like buckets? So, you know, how do we pay off the debt while saving for retirement and a home while saving for short-term goals as well? Many of my clients who come to me out of law school, they're just starting articling and we've created their plan. They pay down their debt. They save into their RSP. So they get a larger refund that they can either use to pay down more debt or to save more and then being able to purchase their first property and save and be able to go on the vacations they'd like to or whatever those next steps in their life are, right? So that is just so hugely rewarding for me. And, you know, by taking those right steps and having the right strategies, being able to help them achieve their goals, it's, it's fantastic. That's great. And we had talked about balance too. And is that something you sort of say, like, where do you want the balance? Because I think that would be the hardest thing for me is like, I still want to take the trips, but I still want to retire. So how do you create that balance? Or is it just sort of really individual depending on what some of their short versus long-term goals are? Yeah, you got it. So it really is very customized to the actual client and what their priorities are. So for some travel, is not a huge deal, but they really want to pay off that debt. Like it just makes them so uncomfortable. So yeah. we'll maximize and kind of do, you know, I call it a budget sheet. Well, it's more like a plan, right? So what's the income coming in? What are the expenses and where can we move things around? And then also it's trial and error. So, you know, let's start paying this amount per month. How does that feel for six months? Great illustration that my business partner taught me. And I love it is if someone's looking to purchase a new home. So, okay, let's run the numbers. Let's see what that new mortgage would be, those expenses. And let's pretend you live there for six months. Pay all those bills, pay that mortgage, but just put it away into another account and see how you feel. You feel like this or does, is it manageable? Great. Then I think that's a good, it's a good next step, right? So just kind of helping yourself succeed that way. But again, as I said, it, it really depends on the, there's the basic principles, but it's also dependent on what is the most important. And I think I'd mentioned to you earlier, I have the rule for all clients that whatever refund money you get, you need to pay a little bit of it. So I use a little bit of it for yourself and you can choose what you want that to be, but make sure that you still reward yourself for doing a great job and for saving and being responsible that way. Oh, I love that. I don't get a return, but I do get a bonus here and there. So, there which is go. funny. Yeah. We both got one. And I said that to my husband, we can both get something little just to reward. Yeah. Um, the other thing is if you just go to the one side and you're just like saving and invest and you're not actually taking some time, you're just going to burn out and you're not going to actually enjoy your life. And you know, you have to have that balance as well. 
Yeah. Ah, balance guys. One day we'll all achieve it. (laughs) But before we go, I wanted to sort of also give you the tout out of the executive for 100 women who care in Markham. So I just kind of for the, the GTA and the Toronto folks, tell us a little bit about the impact that organization had on your local community and what motivated you to get involved. Yeah. I love this organization. So it's kind of a grassroots women get together quarterly and we do a donation and it all goes to a local charity. So it has to be a charity within the community. And we have donated over 300,000 to our community, which is huge. We have another meeting coming up in May. And so I get goosebumps every time. And one great example was we have different charities that are nominated and then we select one and that's, you know, the one that we give the donations to. So in November, the food bank the local food bank was one that was put forward and it was just unanimously voted on and it was our highest donation to date. And it was just so many people cared. And oh, that's amazing. Right. I didn't expect it's just that, you know, you can do the power of how many of just some people getting together and mm-hmm. how many people did we feed through that and seniors and kids and Oh, I love that. And I'll I'll get you to send me a link. So listeners, I'll have a link. I know a lot of our listeners are in Toronto because we have our original chapters Toronto based. And I I feel like you gave me chills. And and I, and I get that, especially because you can see it affecting your community. You know, anytime there's anything in the community, I love to try to be involved because this is that's where you live, right? And so I I love that you give your time and that is a huge focus for you. And um, yeah. And there's different local chapters. So depending on what city oh. you live in or where you live, you can look up different chapters. So oh, okay. there may even be one close to where you live. So yeah. And I'll check because we just launched our Montreal chapter. So maybe if in there in Quebec, uh, we can get all that information out there. Yeah, well, sure. and I think you, you did the webinar, you know, earlier this week. Um, and it's, it's like, this is what we want. We, I want to, you know, when people say, why are you on the HBA board? And it's like, this is why we do it. Cause we want to empower and support women. We want to support people in, in our communities and we're working on growing our community. Like yeah. I said, we just launched Montreal. So I just want to thank you so much. Um, and is there anything you kind of wanted to leave the listeners with any sort of advice tips or where to find more information on your website? Uh, yeah, for like- sure. Thank you. So yeah, our website is www.basiswealth.com. If you have any questions, you know, feel free to check it out. I think the biggest thing too is to, you know, do your research, look at if you are looking for a financial advisor, you know, do some interviews, have some calls, make sure it's someone that listens to you, hears what you're trying to do and will partner with you for life. Um, and so I think that it's uh, it's so important. Um, I think that it's, you know, setting yourself up for success and helping you to, to achieve your goals. And so uh, thank you so much again for having me. I, I really appreciate it. Oh, no, this was great. And thank you for tuning in to HBA Conversations and Connections podcast with Stephanie, the financial security advisor and employee benefits expert. I know that you've gained valuable insights into finance and learned how Stephanie helps her clients achieve their financial goals. Again, if you'd like to learn more, I'm going to put the links to how to reach and contact Stephanie in the show notes. And again, that website was basiswealth.com. Remember to follow HBA on LinkedIn, Twitter, and now Instagram to stay updated on upcoming episodes and connect with other inspiring women in business. Thank you for listening.